prime to the ACC. Doubt it's going to happen. Doubt it would have happened to the Commonwealth of Virginia, although it's always a fun topic to speculate on. And, of course, we did that earlier in the Fastlane, and we welcome your feedback, Fastlane Edlane, wherever you listen to podcasts with those five-star reviews or Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, It's interesting because I think Virginia is probably the program in whom I have less faith as far as their head coach, but Virginia Tech's the one I think that would be more likely to be a fit just because they care about winning. They're willing to pump the resources in, and it's an easy sell, obviously. It's easier to get players in. And they had Buzz Williams, so they're uh, used to the coach being a big character. I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, I, bigger than the program, a guy but claiming with, it's about team. A guy that had Buzz. I'm sorry, I was supposed to, not supposed to say his name. You know, that's okay, Trey. Uh, it's always under Someone who may or may not have covered the ACC tournament where the rumors broke about Texas a Yeah, well, you know, one of the many topics that uh, we could get into. I bet our guest was there when it happened. You know, he's been at many an ACC tournament, including, I'm sure the one where Buzz Williams eventually was linked to and left for the opening at Texas A&M. That's less the subject, though, that we discuss right now as we welcome back in a friend of ours to the fast lane, Brett Friedlander, SaturdayRoad.com. Brett, before any of this, it's hard to believe, but it was like two months ago that you and I spoke at the ACC football kickoff in Charlotte. Is it just me or from that point to the end of the calendar year and maybe even to March, time goes really fast? It does. I can't believe it's already week four of the college football season. It's incredible how quickly it goes, and you know how slowly it goes in the you know in the, uh, the the final four weeks or so. You know, once camp opens before those first games, and then all of a sudden, exactly. My wife and I talk about it all the time. That by the time the ACC football kickoff happens in late July, the year is even though it's calendar wise about halfway over. Oh, it's basically over from a calendar standpoint in that regard. Um. Coach Prime, he's the subject of everything, everywhere. And, of course, in the spirit of talk radio and being good speculators <laughs> here, we have to envision scenarios of how this could tie in locally. All five 1A FBS programs in the Commonwealth of Virginia have had openings within the last handful of years where Coach Prime could have been a realistic scenario. We'll throw JMU and Liberty out because they seem to have found the right coaches for their program. And if you find coaches that are winning and you don't want Coach Prime and the other coaches are getting the job done, hard to dispute that. Virginia and Virginia Tech, though, any snowballs chance in Hades that either of them could or could have ever landed a guy that clearly, if nothing else, has provided a jolt of excitement and maybe a level of eye rolling as well like Coach Prime has done at Colorado? None. Absolutely zero chance. For two different reasons. First of all, at UVA, you don't have that history of, you know, success and, and, and relevance in, in, in the big picture. Because with Coach Prime, it's all about Coach Prime. It's all about, look at me, I need the spotlight, okay? And I don't think that, you know, that the program at Virginia was such that it would have lent itself to that. Colorado has produced the Heisman Trophy winner. It's won a national championship. It's it, it's it's in a a bigger conference, or it was, and you know now it's going to be in the Big Twelve. As far as Virginia Tech is concerned, it does have the history, but you're way off the beaten path there in, in Blacksburg, and it, it, it would be very very tough to you know to to get the kind of of national attention and and you know that. Yeah, the, the the narcissism that that Coach Prime needs, uh, whereas in the in, in Colorado you have that Denver media 
Um, and, and so I, I don't think it would have been a, 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 a place, either place, that he would have really considered. I'm real disappointed, Brett, that you're underselling the power we have in the fast lane and at the Virginia Talk Radio <laughs> Network to single-handedly boost Coach Prime if he were in Blacksburg. And yes, there's a touch of wishful thinking that he could actually come here and give us evergreen content. Yeah, it would be fun. It would be, it would make our jobs a lot more fun and a lot easier. But I, I just, yeah, yeah it, it, like I said, it, it's all about Deion Sanders. And it's a look-at-me kind of situation. And he needs a place where everybody's looking. So, I, I you know, Go actually, to be honest with you, I'm really kind of surprised he ended up at uh, – he ended up at, at Colorado. I figured he would end up someplace in the SEC, the Big Ten, but he's making it happen, that's for sure. I th- I just realized Ed's saying the wrong coach for comparison to Virginia, if you want to talk about if they got the hiring wrong. I mean, Mike Elko is facing the similar academic standards yeah. and is getting it done. And How about Mike Elko, Ed? That's a good point. Uh, he's yeah. a character, too. <laughs> he is. Yeah. Future Michigan Although State I, I, coach, I think, perhaps. I think you're going to see Mike Elko's name being mentioned for a, you know a, a lot more high-profile jobs this uh, this December than uh, uh, than, than that. Um, and I don't think either of those two Commonwealth jobs are going to be open uh, this December because for a couple of reasons. First of all, I think that Brent Pry is eventually you know if, if they can get over their injury issues, I think you're going to see some progress there because I. I like their their roster a little bit better, <clears throat> and the other thing too is j- just the way that Tony Elliott handled things when when the world kind of went off its access back back last November. I-, I think has bought him a couple of years of goodwill, no matter what happens on the field. Interesting. You should bring that up. We're going to table the Virginia part because you are covering NC State as well as Virginia for SaturdayRoad.com, and they play Friday night in a... Uh, Robert and I revenge game. Yeah, or Brendan Armstrong. I don't know how many hey. people will be there. Trey, hold the thought. Hold the thought. Oh, I just hold have a good thought. line. I know you do. We'll get... Just... All right, fine. Get your line out of the way, and then we'll uh, go back to this in a moment. Brett, what if they just... What if, uh, you know, first first and goal for the first time for the NC State, they run the uh, the pass, <laughs> the, the offensive tackle? Don't, don't put it... You know, don't put it past them. <laughs> oh, oh yes indeed um all right hey listen we're talking we're talking about a program that had an offensive center score a touchdown a few years ago so you know yes and dr bob as brilliant as he is just let him be brilliant we can't question anything that he does he just he's brilliant and that's just the way it is um so anyway on that in a moment but you mentioned the virginia tech part of things how much of the struggles at virginia tech and to be frank virginia as well underscored the fact that if you don't have an offensive mind who really has a good scheme to mask this issue, bad offensive line play is harder to mask than ever before, even with the transfer portal, because if you're marginal in all, on the offensive line, you'll get an IL offers anywhere, so it's going to be harder to build that up, and we're seeing that be a major issue for Virginia Tech from struggles protecting their quarterbacks they have other fluke injuries, of course, that have popped up. But also, even when they've been healthy, the inability to establish the running game. Well, that's that's the, the big problem with with you know with pretty much everyone across the board. I mean, you know, the the skill guys get all the glory, but uh, if you, it doesn't really matter how good your quarterback is, if he's laying on his back 
where he's running for his life and throwing a ball out of bounds to you know to to keep from getting intercepted or getting sacked. It doesn't really matter how good he is, and and you're right. That's where it, it doesn't matter. You know, the offenses have changed. I mean, football is a totally different game now than it was 10 years ago, but the one constant, the one thing is you've got to be strong on the line of scrimmage because otherwise nothing else works. Indeed, it really doesn't, and it's shown itself to be an issue for schools throughout the Commonwealth of Virginia, as Brett Freelander documents that and many of other ACC stories that pop up for SaturdayRoad.com. Brett, you mentioned the long-term outlook. There's still being a talent upgrade for Virginia Tech. How much does that play into the fact that you're willing to give Brent Pry a little bit of time to get this thing right, that even though the results haven't necessarily borne it out, this does look like a stronger roster than the one that Brent Pry inherited and really didn't have much time to put together himself last year? Yeah, I mean, he's got a mess to clean up, and a lot of times you have to tear it down to build it back up. And I think last year was pretty much that and really when you look at it they lost i mean a lot of games but how many of those games were one score games i mean there was the nc state game where they were ahead in the fourth quarter actually they were ahead what by multiple scores in the fourth quarter and couldn't hold on the georgia tech game was another one that comes to mind uh i believe the odu game was was another one and so you know it's you have to you have to kind of give them some time to build the roster back up to, to get players that are compatible to the system. Uh, look at Dave Clawson at Wake Forest. His first two years were three and nine, and year three they went six and five, went to a bowl game, and then they took off and they've been consistent ever since. And so you know it, it's a what have you done for me lately kind of world, but it's there's a building process and even with nil even with the transfer portal it doesn't happen overnight and i i think you this year with with virginia tech you look for for gradual progress even if the winds aren't there you know you, you look for things that you know that are encouraging moving forward and i think that to be honest with you chiron drones is is one of those uh things that you look forward to and i think that you know with all due respect to Grant Wells, I, I I think Drones is probably the guy that you're going to be building around, and so you might as well let him, you know, sort of the same way that Anthony Calandria is uh, in Charlottesville. Uh, and so I, I just think you look for small things, and then you know next year now that's when you you really start to look for that the improvement in the win loss column, and then year four when all the entire roster was recruited by your current staff. That's when it needs to happen. Be Freed ACC and SaturdayRoad.com. The first, the Twitter account. The second, obviously, the website for the work of Brett Friedlander, who's with us in the fast lane. Brett, the Virginia Cavaliers, they host NC State in the Robert and I, Wolfpack offensive coordinator, <laughs> and Brennan Armstrong quarterback revenge game in Charlottesville. People are wondering what type of reception they will get. Will it be a silent reception because there are just not that many fans that Virginia will bring out to the event, given that it's a Friday night, which doesn't seem to do well in Charlottesville anyway, and that there seems to be a high level of apathy as well around the program that started 0-3? Well, let me just say that it's a Friday night, so there's going to be a pretty pretty long long caravan uh, heading up, what is it, Interstate uh, 20? Route 29. 64? Yeah, there, there's going to be a there's going to be a bunch of red in the stands. I, I would imagine that the Wolfpack Nation is going to show out for that game, and so there's that. I would hope that that Brennan Armstrong gets a pretty nice um, uh, reception, and the reason I say that is because 
he's been nothing but but classy. He hasn't trashed anybody. He he you know he praised Coach Elliott and just kind of said, look, they're the the, the uh, system that they brought in isn't really compatible to what I do, and 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 you know and he you know he still wears his UVA strong uh, uh, wristband uh, in in honor of his former teammates. You know he was there for all that and. Uh, I, I just, I just think he has a lot of love for UVA, and and I think it's more of a reunion game or a homecoming game rather than a revenge game, and 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 I would hope that that it would be in good spirit because there's there's just you know so many underlying factors there. He he had a really nice career. Uh, he had that great season in 2021 where he threw for 4,400 yards and with 32 touchdowns, and uh, and like I said, I think he left under pretty good circumstances. And to be honest with you. If, if, if Anthony Calandria has a good game and Brennan Armstrong has a really good game and NC State wins, I think both sides win. I think everybody comes out looking good because I think Brennan Armstrong getting out of the way and allowing Tony Elliott to develop a young quarterback where he's going to be moving forward with, I, I, I think it's a good situation for everybody. So I'm, I'm not really in the camp of you know, this is going to be, uh, you know, just a, a mean-spirited kind of revenge kind of thing. I just, I, I, I just hope that and feel like there's going to be a much better vibe around this. There's not a great vibe though around the Virginia Cavaliers, Brent. No. How concerning is it that Tony Elliott, even as admirably as he's navigated the tragedy on grounds last November, that at some point the bottom line is the bottom line of winning games and. It just hasn't been there, and it doesn't look like there's any signs of progress for Virginia fans, which understandably has caused many of them to check out in terms of their interest right now. Yeah, and, you know, to be honest with you, the the apathy in the stands is as important, if not more important, than the production on the field because whereas Brent Pry at Virginia Tech is going to get I, I think a little bit more leeway because they're still showing up at, at – you know, at, at Lane Stadium and, and supporting the team and everything, uh, it, you know, if there's empty seats, you know, the Bills have got to get paid. And, you know, empty seats, not only the ticket sales, but, you know, usually donations go along with that as well. Uh, but I, I still think it's tough. It's tough to make a change right now. I mean, like I said, given the way Tony Elliott handled things in November and the way he kind of just the compassion he showed, the way – he just kind of, just kind of kept things together. I I, I think that that lends itself to, to giving him a little bit more time than you would normally you know see him get in a situation like this. I, I I think it buys him at least one more year after this. Last question for Brett Friedlander of SaturdayRoad.com. Clemson hosting Florida State. I'm leaning this way. I'm tipping my hand for our votes of confidence Friday. Trey and I will unveil our official projections for this noon kickoff in Death Valley. I'm I'm more of the belief that this is going to be an indicator of how far Florida State has come and how far Clemson has fallen. Why am I wrong or right? You're 100% right. And actually, my column uh, that will be running on SaturdayRoad.com tomorrow uh, deals with this. Um, I, I just kind of go back to the eye test. You know, Clemson has won seven straight against Florida State. They haven't lost an ACC game at home since 2016. Uh, there's a lot going for them. Uh, you know, they've looked better the last couple of weeks. But I look at the eye test, and the and I go back to the op- the opening games: uh, LSU and Florida State, Duke and Clemson. 
And Florida State just looks faster, more physical, and just more physically gifted than Clemson right now. And arguably, except for maybe running back, where you know the comparison between Will Shipley and Trey Benson is kind of a toss-up, you could make a case that Florida State is superior talent-wise at every position group. And so I, I think the game against Boston College last week was maybe the best thing that could have happened to the Seminoles because you know, I think they got caught in that trap game and looking ahead and reading their press clippings. And I think it was a little humbling. And I think that they kind of realized, you know what, we need that edge back. And, and I just think that, uh, that they're going to go into Death Valley and, and, and kind of with a, pro- a point to prove. And, and, and I think they're going to win this game, and I think they're going to win it rather convincingly. Not, maybe not by two touchdowns, but I, I think they're going to win this in, in, a, in a pretty impressive fashion. You and me both, I'm tipping my hands for Brett Friedlander. Brett, thank you for sharing your insight and a sneak preview of your upcoming SaturdayRoad.com article. We'll be on the lookout for that and more of your insight. You're always welcome in the fast lane, and if this game at Charlottesville, NC State, UVA, was a Saturday as opposed to a Friday night, we'd be up there with you and hanging out. Well, I will be on my way down to Clemson, to be honest with you, so I, I will be watching that game on TV on set on Friday, but uh, I'm going to be there at Death Valley for the Florida State-Clemson game. Well, enjoy that one. We'll be looking for your insight over the entire weekend, and we appreciate your time today in the fast lane. For you, anytime, Eddie. Indeed. Brett Friedlander in the fast lane. When we return, Coach Prime to the Washington Commanders? Nah. Well, we'll throw the scenario out to Randy Mueller of TheAthletic.com and host of the Football GM podcast next here in the fast lane.